you have any inbound channels up and running driving traffic back to the site? Really two good ones. One is SEO. We do good SEO. So we get a decent amount of inbound through our own site, which is like I've found to be not for us yet because we're still pretty young and it takes time to build really strong SEO. But if you look at the really successful SaaS companies that have just sort of skyrocketed, typically organic search is a very big part of that growth. Some companies, you know, it's like 85% of their inbound and like their sales pipeline is being fueled by SEO. So I'm a huge believer in it. I think it's often like way overlooked for SaaS companies, especially considering the value of a lead. So that's a big channel. And then I do actually a number of podcasts and the podcasts are a great way to get people interested about what we do because I get to talk about it. It's a very unique product or a unique company. I think it catches people's ears and they, they want to learn more. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Confessions of a B2B Marketer podcast. And today we have a pretty interesting episode. It's about a specific cold email. It's a cold email that I think I saw somewhere on the internet, immediately started writing about it on the SaaS Marketer site. It came from somebody within the team of a SEO-related SaaS product called Huckabye. Now, the premise of the cold email is that it came from the head of sales and was forwarded, or it was an email from the CEO that was forwarded onto the prospect. And that was the structure of that cold email. So I wrote up a post that was entitled uh, 19 Reasons Why This Is The Best SaaS Cold Email You Have Ever Seen. And then, of course, how to get that CEO onto the show as well. So this is the episode with Jeff of Huckabye. Before we jump into that, though, I do want to give you a very brief update of what is going on and also make a request for you to give us your honest feedback on Apple Podcasts. Simply just go there, go to Apple, open us up, subscribe, rate, and review. Send me a screenshot of that review and I'll get it shouted out on the show for you. So what else has been happening in the meantime? Uh, We've had a number of episodes on the show now that we haven't really talked too much about how the agency and the SaaS product have been progressing. What I've really been doing with the majority of my time is working on what I'm calling the kind of SEO social content flywheel, both for the agency and for Bcast. And this is a flywheel that basically is pretty simple stuff. I'm sure everybody here listening understands. Is that you create really great content with SEO in mind. You go to the social channels, take aspects of that content, insert it into the social channels to get engagement. That drives traffic back to the post, which helps it rank. And then this flywheel continues. So I'm investing a lot of time, money, and attention on these flywheels for both Fame the Agency and Bcast, the SaaS product. And I'm happy to to announce that we, we are seeing some traction. So we're seeing some subscription customers coming in for Bcast uh, without any attribution. I can't work out where they're coming from apart from obviously asking them. I'm also seeing the numbers go up for Fame the Agency. So I'm going to do probably an episode dedicated to that flywheel and explain exactly how we're doing, what we're doing, and why we're doing for each uh, the SaaS and the agency for that. But that will be a future episode. For now, let's jump in and understand more about the growth of Huckabye, specifically because of that very special cold email. So let's welcome Jeff to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Tom. I feel like uh, it's been a little while coming here. This is great. 
Yeah. So can we kick off? And I'm actually quite interested in understanding the your journey at Overstock and the skills that it taught you that you're now using with Huckabye. Yeah, it was a great experience. I started on the ground floor. I'm originally from the Boston area. I was a ski racer in college and I kind of wanted to be a ski bum. So I figured entry-level job at Overstock, which is at the bottom of Alta and Snowbird and all these great ski areas, would be the perfect fit. So I literally started on the bottom floor doing email marketing and we did a bunch of innovative stuff like personalization. And then as I moved up the ranks, we put up some big numbers on the scoreboard. Our email marketing went from a channel of like 50 million to 150 million in just a few short years. And then got into, you know, by putting those kind of numbers up on the scoreboard, the, the CEO and founder, Patrick Byrne, sort of took me under his wing and became my mentor. I eventually became the SVP of marketing and analytics and really worked on all the sort of revenue facing sides of Overstock. And it was just one, I mean, the leadership experience from Patrick, his godfather is like Warren Buffett and his dad was the CEO of Geico. I mean, that was pretty incredible. But just to have that kind of run right out of college, I think is pretty rare. I think it was wonderful to have a mentor to help me along the way. And SEO was a really big part of that. So we took SEO from a channel of zero to a channel of about 300 million. And it's pretty rare to be on the front lines of that kind of growth when it comes to organic search. And so kind of applied what we learned. And what we really learned was that SEO is really a technical problem. You have websites that are built for humans, but I, you know, we spent all this time on UI and UX for humans. But what's the UI and UX for a Googlebot, who I argue is the most important visitor? So what Huckabye really does is address those technical problems. It's sort of the black box of SEO that a lot of people are fearful of. We kind of are just open and honest about what needs to get done. And our software basically facilitates the technical conversation between a website like Salesforce or SAP and Google, which is a really important conversation. Got it. And then have you tried, have you sold the software back into Overstock? We have not actually. They're, they're quite progressive on SEO. So they do a lot of innovative things. And they also like to do almost everything in house. So uh, kind of a hard place for me to sell into, although we might get there. I have friends in the right places. So we'll see if we end up uh, actually going live on Overstock. It's a bit of a daunting site because of uh, just how big and complex it is. So technically, it's a bit of a challenge, but we would obviously love to work with them. Got it. And so before we shift into this cold email, can you give us a sense of uh, the growth of Huckabye? You don't have to give exact numbers, but over the past or since you've started, what kind of uh, revenues are we looking at? And what's the kind of average contract size? Sure. So we started actually as a B2C site, which was a terrible idea. And it built this sort of great SEO software that people that knew the company wanted to start licensing. So we pivoted into a SaaS business about two and a half years ago without me really being realizing how great SaaS is, the recurring revenue and all that. So it's a much better business, by the way, than e-commerce. I highly encourage people to get into SaaS versus e-commerce. So we've gotten to about 1.5 million in annual recurring revenue in about in the two and a half years. Contract values range from about 1000 to 6000 a month, depending on the product. We actually work probably best with... Our software works the best for, for SaaS companies. So we're very fortunate to have some big names. Uh, Salesforce, Concur, SAP, Grow.com. A lot of big SaaS businesses get a lot of benefit from our software because the sites, are, the sites and the products are very confusing, especially to a search engine. They're complex... They're not organized. The sites aren't organized like an e-commerce site's organized. It's hard for them to understand. So when you layer our product on top, they kind of take off. Uh, I have to ask, how did you get Salesforce as a client? 
<laughs> a friend of mine was a retired Salesforce alumni guy, and he got us into a woman that was, you know, sort of at the very close to the top. She was an EVP, and she got it right away. She ran the App Exchange. Her name is Layla, and sort of understood what we were doing from the get go. And 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 SEO was a huge part of the App Store's success, and and whether or not it was going to keep growing or not. So. That was really a lucky break. Actually, the first big one we got, though, was SAP. And SAP was also sort of a new network connection, a friend of mine here in Park City, Utah. And he was a, a VP in marketing and uh, wanted to try it out on a few of his like microsites. And so we tried it out and it just went crazy. The numbers went nuts. So that kind of helped us expand our footprint within SAP. Cool. And then shifting to more recent times, right? So we have this... I kind of want to understand more about the origin of the idea of the cold email. But before that, we actually have to explain a little bit about what it was. So would you like to share like a 30-second overview of, of that cold email? I think you almost do a better job than I do, <laughs> <laughs> given your, okay, yeah, yeah. your deep research. But I'd love yeah. to hear it from you. I mean, I can give you sort of the thinking behind it afterwards, but I love your analysis of what we did. Yeah. So right now, if you're listening, I would Google SaaS cold email because we should be ranking for that term by then. And you'll see the 11 reasons. But essentially, what the email was, was an email forwarded Barton, Jeff's SVP of sales, sent Jeff an email linking to an article that's not even on Huckabye's site about traffic sources and SaaS, I think. And then Jeff forwards that email on to the specific persona. In this case, it was head of marketing saying, would you like to like, discuss these this metrics to see how you stand against these metrics, right? So nothing really to do with SEO, perfectly targeted, almost doesn't seem like a cold email. I don't even know how you can do those at scale, if you did do them at scale. But I then basically went, went through 11 reasons why I thought it was super clever, including some of the wording, including the follow-up. Mm-hmm. So that's basically what we're working with. But to truly understand, I would Google SaaS cold email. I should be able to find it on page one. But Jeff, take it away. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we have a lot of ideas. And what's funny about this one, it's actually not even our best performing email. So maybe we'll have to walk you through some of the other campaigns. But yeah, the idea was quite simple. I had actually gotten an email myself, a cold email that I was very impressed that actually used the same strategy. So it was essentially a person at a level of credibility within an organization forwarding uh, sort of a statistically relevant article onto another person of credibility. And that was Bart sending an email to me. We had found the statistics. This was set up, obviously. We were doing it on purpose. And then I would sort of say... And then the email, Bart says to me something like, here are the stats. And by the way, like our, we're killing all these companies. Our customers are killing all these numbers. And so I then forward it on. And a forwardable email, as you mentioned in your article, typically gets a higher open rate because it looks internal or it looks like it's coming from a contact or someone like that. And it's pretty casual. You know, it's just saying like, hey, this is what we see in the SEO industry. This is what SaaS companies are achieving in terms of organic search growth and what a big piece of the puzzle it is, you know, what a big channel it is. And I'm curious if you're seeing the same thing in your business or does it not match up? And if whatever the case, I'd love to talk to you about it. And so it's pretty, yeah, pretty creative. It was myself in part, and then we have two other salespeople that we were all just sitting in a room together. I got this email and I sent it and we were having a meeting. And so we were like, all right, let's try to drop what this would look like. And so we got that first email done. And then usually the next two follow-ups, I just write personally because I really want it to sound like it's coming from me. It needs to have my voice. Even the first one, I'd probably cut out 
two thirds of the email. I mean, it's way shorter because I, I just wanted to be short, something that I would actually write as a busy SaaS CEO so that it was, you know, credible and believable. Obviously, it's a cold email, but it's interesting. And I think we get so much stuff in our inbox that we just delete. And I sort of have some background, obviously, in email marketing. And, you know, we send a lot of emails, but this is totally different in SaaS. So you do really have to get creative. And then the follow-ups, I really wanted to be you know, a, not an account exec, obviously, not a salesperson, but a CEO, honestly reaching out and, and caring that, that I wanted to make sure that they were achieving you know, what they could achieve in terms of organic search. And yeah, it's usually, you're right, also in the article, it takes three, four, five touches before someone will t- sometimes get back to you. But yeah, we are seeing quite a bit of success through that campaign. It was more... To, we did sort of take that idea of affordable email from one trusted source. I forget the company I could forward it to you, but from one trusted source to another and forwarding it just seemed like that would work. And so we tweaked it our, our own way. And yeah, it's kind of taken off, especially because of your uh, article about it. It's become quite popular. So that, that first email sent. And then are you, do you have that pipeline that you're personally managing then? Like all of those head of marketing or CMOs you reached out to, you are then every morning going and checking your like Salesforce tasks to email people? So actually, I don't send them or follow up. That's, we have a separate email address, as you might have noticed. So there's two different Jeff Atkinsons out there, although it's the same person. But account execs, they know how to politely and in my sort of voice respond and book meetings. So usually I'll never even ha- have any idea until the first call happens that this, you know, what touch did they get in touch with us on? I get a prep email before the first meeting saying like, here's what they responded. Here's when they responded. Here's their LinkedIn. Here's their company information. But yeah, I actually don't. Once once the campaign is set up and I'm like, yeah, that looks great. Then it's just basically first meetings for me. Got it. And then you're taking people through the whole sales process from there? I do the first meeting. Not all of them. If it did come from my inbox, I make sure that I'm on it because that would just be weird if I wasn't. So I absolutely take uh, most of the first meetings. And then after that, I'm usually out of the sales process unless it's like a sales force or someone really, really big that wants me to be negotiating everything. So that's kind of how it works. So that, yeah, most of our demos. So we usually do a first call, then a demo. And we do this like analysis of their site versus their competition. So it's, we're actually giving a lot of value kind of early on in the sales process. So the first call is me. And then the second call, the demo and the analysis is usually one of our SEO analysts plus an account executive. And then you know when it comes to closing and stuff, sometimes I will get involved. It all depends on the, on the situation. Got it. And then... I'm not going to ask you about the other special campaigns that you came up with today yeah. because we don't want to broadcast that too widely, do we? I mean, I can comment on them quickly. It's just about the list. So it's really le- the how you compose the emails in, is super important, of course. But I went to a school, I went to Dartmouth College that has this like crazy alumni network. And so when we emailed that alumni network, like everybody gets back to us, which is just wild. So that's the only difference. It's just list quality mm-hmm. and... I think the list that you got emailed from was our SaaS. It's like a SaaS thousand list. But yeah, they seem to do well. And is there any other... So I assume cold email is fueling the sales team. Do you have any inbound channels up and running, driving traffic back to the site? Really two good ones. One is SEO. We do good SEO. So we get a decent amount of inbound through our own site, which is like I've found to be... Not for us yet, because we're still pretty young and it takes time to build really strong SEO. but if you look at the really successful SaaS companies that have just sort of skyrocketed, 
typically organic search is a very big part of that growth. Some companies, you know, it's like 85% of their inbound and like their sales pipeline is being fueled by SEO. So I'm a huge believer in it. I think it's often like way overlooked for SaaS companies, especially considering the value of a lead. So that's a big channel. And then I do actually a number of podcasts and the podcasts are a great way to get people interested about what we do because I get to talk about it. It's a very unique product or a unique company. I think it catches people ears and they, they want to learn more. Yeah. Going back to the first one, SaaS SEO. Now, typically a normal SaaS site will just have like products, features. There's no like massive user-generated content like, well, the Salesforce App Exchange have that, right? Or Overstock mm-hmm. would have that because you have these thousands and thousands of pages. So when you've seen SaaS SEO, SEO working for your clients, what content are they using to aggregate this traffic? Well, I, I think the biggest issue before content, even consider content, is just the structure of a site. So SaaS... There's a number of reasons why SaaS does not do as well at SEO as they probably should. The first is that the way that SaaS sites are organized, if you think about them, they'll say something like product, and I'll say like about us and solutions, learn more. Nothing up there is like descriptive about what they actually do. If you come into an overstock, it's all these categories that are like bedding and furniture and men's watches. So it's and they're all the same format, those categories. And then the product pages are all the same format. So it's really easy for Google to come in and be like, okay, this is a page about men's watches. And here's a bunch of men's watches. When you get to a SaaS company, all that structure is gone. So they'll come in and they'll see like product. And then it'll be named something that they came up in-house. right? They name it whatever, the App Exchange or whatever it is. That to Google is very hard to understand. <laughs> so... Inherently, these sites are not... And the the products are more complicated. They still might have a ton of content. But when Google comes to a SaaS site, because the structure isn't the way it is on an e-commerce or a travel site, they're already relatively confused as to what's going on. And so the first box to check is to make sure that you're communicating correctly with that. And that's what our product facilitates. There's a language called Structured Data Markup that literally allows a site to speak directly to a search engine. So you might be able to communicate really well to a human being that comes in. But to a search engine, it's they're very confused, typically, when it comes to a SaaS site. And so you got to sort of solve that conversation with them. And then there's then stuff like adding content will start moving the needle. because. But before that, I see so many SaaS companies just writing content for content's sake and like kind of hoping that it ranks. And that just typically doesn't happen. And so this is a way of really like hypercharging your content strategies because you know that Google's going to crawl and understand and index them correctly. So that's typically the biggest challenge is that it's a technical problem first and then you can do the content stuff second. And I love the way we tied it back in with with Huckabye. Yeah. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we're going to finish off with three quick questions. Do you have a favorite marketing or growth book? I do. I love the sales acceleration formula. So it's by the former CRO, Chief Revenue Officer of HubSpot. His name is, I think, Mark Roberge. Uh, Super cool book about building a sales team, how you find sort of cultural fits, how you find high performers. Just a fantastic book. I mean, it kind of gives us our template of how we've approached sales and hiring. But it's an incredible story, too, to back it up to sort of prove that they did it. But that would be the one for sure. And favorite SaaS business apart from Huckabye? Yeah, in terms of just like 
admiration, I'd say Qualtrics because they're here in parks or here in Utah, not in Park City, but they got bought for eight, nine billion dollars from SAP and they took a kind of relatively light product and just applied a very strong sales and marketing engine and just went through the roof. So I admire them the most. And then finally, the person that taught you the most about growth. Probably Patrick Byrne, the CEO and founder of Overstock, but that's more on the e-commerce side. I'd say on the SaaS side, we have a board member named Robson, who he's the CMO of Pure Storage, and he's been the CMO of New Relic, CMO of Concur, all sorts of awesome success stories. And just the way that he thinks about top of funnel and product and pricing it's sort of a new relationship for me. Probably like a year, year and a half we've been friends and or colleagues. And I'm just learning a ton from how he because this is a new world for me. You know, I was a I was an e-commerce guy. And so to be now in the SaaS world, I have a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks so much for experimenting with the cold email. I look forward to hopefully receiving uh, one of the newer ones. And I and I'll, <laughs> I'll for, if this is anything as innovative as the last one, I'll be writing about it again. To finish off, I want to recommend everyone go and check out Huckabye, huckabye.com, right? Mm-hmm. And then also uh, Google SaaS Cold email so you can actually see the template and the 11 reason analysis of why we think it could be the best one you've ever seen. Jeff, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Tom, for having me. All right. Thank you, Jeff, for coming on and thank you for listening. Before we go, please just search for Confessions of a B2B marketer in Apple Podcasts. Go there, subscribe, rate, review. Send me a screenshot just before you submit the review because sometimes Apple takes it away and doesn't show you. Email that to tom at sasmarketer.io and I'll get you and your business a readout on the show as ever. Thank you so much for listening.